0: This is Canvas, a show all about iPad productivity. My name is Fraser Spears, and I'm joined, as always, by Federico Vitici. Hey, Fraser, how are you? I'm not too bad.
1: How are you? I'm doing great, and um, I'm excited to to continue our discussion about text editors uh, meant mm-hmm. for for long form uh, content creation on iOS. I think it's been an interesting series, uh, especially uh, you know looking back at Scrivener, looking back at you know the, that kind of uh, research slash text editor that I haven't been using for a while. That was interesting, and today we have more planned. Uh, this should be the final the final episode in the series, I think, but we are going to take yeah. a look at other options.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so these are our honorable mentions in the whole category. And uh, I suppose just sort of by way of introduction, Federico, I think the thing that the reason why Ulysses and Scrivener sort of stand apart from these other applications is that those two applications have a real focus on managing your text as a set of fragments of text rather than as necessarily individual files. Now you could argue that the strict definition of a fragment versus a file uh, for for as long as you want. But in general, the way I look at it is that these doc, these applications that we're going to talk about today really deal with individual documents and they treat them like documents in, in the, perhaps the more traditional uh, kind of uh, desktop computer sense of here's a file and it has some content. Whereas Scrivener and Ulysses, as you mentioned about research, are much more about individual pieces of text that can be reorganized and they can be merged together and exported in a particular format. And you can attach metadata to those things and so on. Whereas the apps we're going to talk about today are much more kind of, here's a file of text, let's edit it. And there's support for other things. But in general, we're looking at um, individual file management here rather than... uh, uh, rather than this sort of database-backed approach that Scrivener and Ulysses have.
1: Yeah, and uh, I figured we should start maybe with the, with the app that I've probably... Uh, it's the single app where I've done most of my writing and editing on the iPad, uh, since I started using the iPad um, four, five years ago at this point. And the app is Editorial. And I know Editorial is... Uh, it's not as uh, as frequently updated as it used to be. Uh, you could argue that maybe it's kind of been abandoned. It still hasn't been updated for iOS 11 or the iPhone 10, But it still works great on the iPad. It supports... Um iOS nine multitasking. It's got split view. It supports light over, and it works just fine on the iPad with iOS eleven. It's even got some basic integration with drag and drop because um, it supports the basic uh, text and web frameworks on iOS eleven that get the drag and drop feature for free. And I mentioned editorial because it is the text editor that uh, it allowed me to switch to the iPad uh, as my as my only computer, and it convinced me. Um, four years ago that the iPad could be in fact just as powerful as my Mac and me- maybe even more powerful than my Mac and editorial is um is a it is a markdown text editor primarily uh, aimed at letting you work with Dropbox so storing uh, and syncing text files with Dropbox and it's inspired by you could say by bbedit and by apps like sublime text maybe on the mac and the idea of combining scripting and automation with uh text editing and markdown in plain text um so it's also editorial also also wants to be the um the uh, wants to bridge the gap between pythonista which is the other app developed by the same by the same person Ole Zorn, the developer of editorial um, it's got the same python scripting engine that allows you to create these complex scripts that can uh, combine the usual the, the power of python with the native text editor inside of editorial but at the same time in addition to scripting it also wants you to um, it enables you to create these visual automations. Um, that, in a way, editorial was like workflow before workflow. In the sense that, um, like workflow, editorial was inspired by Apple's work on Automator for the Mac and these visual actions that you can drag and drop, that you can visually rearrange to create a to create a workflow that can uh, automate some parts of the interface or, or the system clipboard or. The text editor and uh, that unique combination. Years ago, when I was uh, playing with the first beta of Editorial, my mind was basically blown by all the crazy possibilities and all the crazy automations that I could that I could build. Uh, but the thing about Editorial as a long-form writing app, which is what we're talking about here, like other text editors, it's it it's not. I would say it's not primarily designed. To handle the kind of long form that we have discussed so far, it's not like Ulysses that allows you to set up a like a like a like a group and have multiple sheets and have those sheets be glued together and have keywords and have filters and it's not like Scrivener that it's got this this binder where you can create folders and have research material and have PDFs and web bu- bookmarks and have a corkboard and an outlines. It's not like that, but. It can be used, because of automation and because of some features inside of the text editor, Uh, it can be used for long form with an asterisk. That is, Mm. if you need to handle a lot of research material, a lot of uh, PDF documents or web bookmarks or images, and if you also depend on iOS 11 drag and drop and integration with the Files app, which Scrivener now has... Uh, editorial is not going to work for you if the long form that you wanna write is pri- primarily text. You can work your way around editorial, but if you need to do complex research, um, have a browser side by side, create bookmarks, and store everything together into a single place, editorial is not the app for you. Do you do you agree with this kind of a introduction?
0: I- I definitely do. I, th- I think I remember when when editorial was kind of new in the scene, and we all felt that the the integration of Python inside an iOS application and the integration with other applications. We were sort of looking at it going. I don't know how long that's going to stay on the store because uh, that's probably in violation of some store guideline. And it's great that Apple has kind of loosened up on that. And of course, Apple now owns Workflow. So uh, there's clearly some move towards greater automation on iOS. But I think, um, you know, thinking of editorial as kind of like the BB edit for iOS is a really nice way to put it. I've never quite thought of it that way before. Um, I'm just kind of waiting for for bare bones to do that. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think editorial is a fascinating kind of mix of... Uh, a text editor and an IDE. Mm-hmm. You know the the True. same developer makes Pythonista. You know we, I've used Pythonista in school for programming class. Um, it, it's a very very full featured uh, Python editor, Python IDE on iOS. And I think Editorial certainly borrows a lot of that. So if you if you're familiar with with the conventions of a programming tool, um, I think uh, Editorial might feel quite uh, uh, familiar for you. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and it, and it shares so many similarities when you when you get into the python stuff and you open the code uh, editor in the tutorial it's really the you can tell it's the i mean of course at this point it's behind pythonista 3 because the developer is focusing on pythonista but you can tell that it comes from the same person it's got the same uh, the same look the same features the same keyboard uh, and even the same modules so inter- you can integrate with the system clipboard on iOS you can open links in safari you can show notifications you can do all the basic things that pythonista can do you can do them in the tutorial but if you if you stick strictly to text there's a there's a few nice touches that i want to mention um so as, as I said, you can, you can sync uh, text files with Dropbox. You can point Editorial to any folder in your Dropbox, which is nice. And also, when you, when you start writing, uh, the app automatically saves your um, changes to Dropbox. But if you tap on the... There's a Dropbox icon in the title bar. And if you tap on that, you're going to see all the versions of uh, all the revisions of a document as saved in Dropbox. So anytime you can pick one and there's a diff tool that comes up, Uh, you can see the changes, you can see the the things you've deleted and you can even restore an old version. So if you, you know, like me, for example, when I I work on the um, iOS review, I always do my final uh, pass of editing where by final, I mean like two weeks um, in editorial. And it's useful to see the, sort of, uh, just how frequently uh, changes are saved back to Dropbox. So support for versions, it's uh, on, on Dropbox. It's not the kind of feature that all text, editor, text editors have, so it's nice to have it in editorial. Um, I think it's really useful um, when it comes to long form, the way that editorial deals with um, navigation inside of a document. So all all of your headings the you know with the with the pound signs um I think it's actually what, what's the proper name the octothorpe uh, for octothorpe yeah. yes, technically. Um nobody knows who you Nobody knows. It sounds like a like a villain from from a, from a superhero <laughs> movie. Um but yeah. all those headings um they are um presented as an outline If you tap on the name of the document in the title bar, you will see an outline of all of your sections. And if you tap on a section, you will jump directly to it in the text editor. So as you can imagine, if you have a long document with a lot of sections, uh, you can open the outline popover and you can tap on one towards the end, for example, and you can scroll directly to that section instead of having to to manually scroll. You can just jump to it
0: that's a very, um, yeah. a, a very IDE kind of idea, you know. Yes. Like in programming yeah. tools, you often have a pop up menu with a list of all the functions in your file, and you can jump to any one of them and so yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, so that's the, clearly the programmer influences mm-hmm. in there as well.
1: Yeah, and they and the the headings they. Um, they respect the indentation level. so for example, uh, H3 are indented uh, uh, you know um, into the H2 and so forth which is really nice. And also another I guess another idea borrowed from, from IDEs is the idea of folding. So you can fold uh, a section of text. You can there's a there's a triangle mm, button next to the title of the section. You tap on that, and the triangle sort of moves sideways, and it folds the text inside, and it shows you a word count for the total amount of words contained within the folded section. So it's a nice way if you have a long document. It's a nice way to uh, make it shorter and easier to view just by folding all the sections and still seeing that the word count for that. Mm, section of the document uh it always makes me kind of afraid that i'm going to delete an entire section because it (laughs) it basically turns into a single line and i'm always afraid that oh my god what am i gonna do now if i accidentally delete an entire section with a single backspace uh but i guess that's what uh versions on dropbox are for
0: yeah it's a powerful tool all over and i think uh clearly the, the programming heritage comes through but i think uh, editorial is you know like you said it was it was one of the early like really powerful applications for ipad and i yeah. think it, it deserves its place in the show just for that i think
1: um, there's also a built-in browser that supports uh, tabs it's not a safari view controller mm. type of browser it's a custom um, uh, web view uh, like a mini browser with multiple tabs you can create bookmarks so it's really
0: powerful it's one of my favorite features of editorial yeah it's kind of like an in app split view isn't it? it you you can go side by side with your yeah. document and the and the uh, i don't know can you go split view i never i never uh. do that I may be thinking about Pythonista there, but... Uh, I you think can you can do that, do that I think you yeah. can do
1: it in Pythonista, and I think that some someone built... Uh, of course, they built a custom
0: workflow. Yeah, there's some you kind of plugin for that, isn't Like there? a yeah.
1: plugin for editorial to fake a split view within the text editor. <laughs> I think someone did that a couple of years ago. Uh, so, of no, course... Uh, the automation is the is the is the marquee feature of this app. You can nothing comes close. Nothing comes close when it comes to Markdown combined with Pythonista, which uh, which I real, with Python, which I realize it's a very it's a very unique niche in the sense of just how many people want Python and Markdown together. But if you do if you do any kind of writing on iOS, any especially repetitive writing uh, or if you find yourself having these long, sprawling documents, like my iOS reviews, for example, and you want to, to perform some final touches or to automate something to save time when dealing with these long documents, nothing comes even close to why you can do an editorial. Uh, there's two things you need to know. One, there's a 50-something, 60 visual pre-built actions so you can uh, you can create a workflow you tap on the plus m- m- uh, button and it opens this list of supported actions they are organized by c- category so there's like a visual stuff like show me an alert or show me a list and that's stuff like um, select the current line in the in the text editor or copy this to the clipboard there's all kinds of pre-built actions that you can pick and mix and match and you can create a workflow the second part is you can create your own scripts in Python. But the beautiful thing is you can also mix and match visual actions and Python scripts within the same workflow. So for example, I have workflows that they start with a, with a, with a visual actions and there's stuff like, show me a list of items to choose from, uh, let me type in some text into an alert, or uh, for example, give me the full text of the document to convert the text from Markdown to HTML. But then there's also a Python step. So it's like, it's like a Python action that actually lets you build whatever you want. So you can treat the Python IDE as just one action of a workflow, which is a beautiful idea because you can create these long workflows that have maybe 10 actions two python scripts and then 20 more actions and it just works um there's just so many possibilities of like things that i've built in editorial for long form writing i have a workflow that uh, automates uh, entering footnotes so i don't know about you Fraser, but in markdown i l- i like to have footnotes at the bottom of, a do- of my document like all the way to the bottom not to the bottom of a section but to the very end of the document so i have this workflow that um First, it scans the entire document for existing uh, footnote indicators. So like the, what's the name of the, the carrot sign uh, followed by a number? And if it finds the, you know, like, let's say that I have already two footnotes in the document, my work, my workflow creates a new footnote with the number three because it finds, okay, it says there are two footnotes, so let me add a new one, which would be number three. Um, then it lets me type the footnote and the entire multi-markdown syntax is pasted at the bottom of the document and then the workflow scrolls back up and returns to my original cursor position. And all of this happens in like five seconds. Um, I have another to and to insert a markdown link from a uh, link that I've copied to the clipboard. Uh, I have like, I don't know, I looked the other day, I have like 200 workflows in editorial. It's just, but really, I use 20 of them on a regular basis. It's just so incredibly powerful. I wish the developer would invest on in it more, I guess, um... I guess it in maybe never really paid off, uh, because as I said, it's a very niche application. Uh, Pythonista, I can see why Pythonista is more approachable. Uh, ironically, even if it's more complicated, it's more approachable in a in a school and educational environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, well, it's, yeah. it's
0: a more definite thing, Pythonista. You know, yeah, what, uh, editorials kind of in that thin slice of the Venn diagram between programmers and writers. You <laughs> yeah. know, whereas... And that's where Edit sits as well. And, and, and there is a market there, but probably not as well developed in iOS. Whereas with something like Pythonista sort of says, well, you can do all your Python business, now you can do it on your iPad Pro. And for people who are, are Python hackers, you know, that, that might be what they're looking for. So uh, I think editorial is a... It remains quite a powerful tool, but these you can sort of see why things like Ulysses have come along and been just a bit friendlier for people yeah. who are really focused on writing, you know, like talking about doing footnotes and things like that with a workflow that's, it's great that it's got that power, but at the same time, that's a keystroke in Ulysses and and you're done you know.
1: Yeah um, this is why I still use both, I start all. Yeah. I, I do the, the 90% of the stuff that you see on Mac stories uh, I have done in Ulysses But those special stories that require some automation for the custom syntax, they go into Editorial, because I need that automation. And um, I just wish that, you know, my my dream is for Editorial 2 to come out, just a big surprise. I know it's never going to happen, but you know, it's my kind of nerd dream (laughs) on iOS, yeah.
0: (laughs) Cool. Well, Federico, let me tell you about our first sponsor for the show tonight, because this episode of Canvas is brought to you by Balance Open. Balance Open is a free open source Mac app for checking Coinbase. And Coinbase is a popular marketplace for cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and Ethereum. And Balance Open is the best open source digital wallet to help you keep track of everything. If you're not familiar with this stuff, that's okay, because Balance want to help teach you about cryptocurrencies. And they're going to do that by starting you on your way. The first 1,000 people that go to bal.money slash relay will receive $2 in the Ethereum currency for free as a gift from Balance. So go check it out today and find out more at Balance Open. Our thanks to Balance for their support of this show. So Federico, let's talk about another app that has um, a a strong heritage, shall we say, on iOS and, and, and a name that people will probably know, but maybe... I don't know, I feel like I haven't heard very much about it in recent years, but I'm fairly sure from my research for this show that there's a quite a strong following still for this app. Yeah, And this app is uh, IA Writer, mm-hmm. which is an app that I remember back in the early days of sort of doing you know productivity type things on iPad. Um, this was one of those original sort of Dropbox text editors of which there were several in the years between sort of 2011 I would say in 2013, a lot of these kind of apps came out. And IA Writer has had a couple of major redesigns since then. It certainly had at least one uh, a whole new app deployed on the store. So a, a paid upgrade kind of situation and it has developed into really quite a nice app, quite an impressive app. It, it was always had that kind of bare bones idea. You know, this is a stripped down writing environment and all that, that kind of message that was part of the early story of long form writing on iPad. But it was the originator of many kind of interesting features that are have, are since now just features of bigger apps, perhaps like Ulysses, for example. Uh, and one in particular that sort of sticks out is was the idea of a typewriter mode. Uh, and this is the idea that the, that the line that the cursor's on is highlighted in solid black and it fades out all the other lines. And you can turn this mode on in a number of different apps now as well, but uh, IA Writer was one of the first apps, if not the first app to do that. And at the same time, as you're writing, uh, this The content scrolls up line by line so that the bit you're writing stays in the exact same place on the screen all the time, just like it would if you were typing on a typewriter. And obviously the, the hammers on a typewriter, if if people can remember what a typewriter is, um, they always strike at the same place visually in, in your field of view. So um, that was one of the kind of key features of IA Writer. But for me, IA Writer has now become uh, kind of like a a lightweight and simpler and more focused version of Ulysses. They do actually look, in the current design, they look quite similar. They've got that very sort of iOS 9, iOS 10 sidebar uh, and then another sidebar and then your content area design. And the the two of them, at first glance, you could look at a screenshot and you could say, oh, well, that's obviously Ulysses and it's actually IA Writer or vice versa. But I would say that... um, Many of the basic features are the same, but one thing I really liked about IA Writer is that all the way through, it has such an incredibly strong focus on never taking your hands off the keyboard. And in in part, one of the things that IA Writer does very well is it has a, a kind of um, quick action feature, which is kind of like, if you, do you remember Quicksilver, the the sort of launcher app on, on Mac OS years ago, remember Merlin, Merlin Mann was a big fan of that app, for example. Um, iAWriter basically has that built into the app. And it's fascinating. You, you've seen some things like this in uh, for example, in Omnifocus, where you have a sort of quick entry overlay that can come up with a keystroke. IAWriter's got something like this, and it's called it's called the quick action feature. Uh, and what you do is you hit a keystroke in, in the case of this app, is it's Command Shift O, and a little window appears with a search bar. And what you can do there is you can type any content from any file that you've got in the app and, and then navigate the search results list with the keyboard and hit return and open that file. Now that's kind of similar. Ulysses has got a similar feature called quick open, but what's cool in IHU Writer is that not only will it search the files that you've got, but it will also search uh, commands that you can do in the application. So things like you, you could type in the word dark, for example, and it would give you an option to turn on dark mode in the app and you could just you could make it happen with a keystroke which is really really cool uh, new file you know a- anything you want to do in the app and um, you can usually find and trigger it with a keystroke in, in this little window so i thought that was a really nice uh, idea and, and the developers behind the app are continuing to sort of innovate some of the ideas in ios as well so that's the quick action feature and there's also quite a lot of interesting things in the markdown support in IA writer which Federico, I don't know if you know of many other markdown editors that natively support markdown table syntax, mm. but IA Writer actually has support for that, Yeah. believe it or not. I don't know if anybody knows how to do a markdown table uh, or not, but it involves lots of vertical bars impossible. and <laughs> <Yeah>. It's
1: Basically <laughs> you cannot, impossible. You cannot do them manually unless you have some kind of text expander or some other workflow. It's so much stuff going on.
0: Yeah, they're they're very complex. If you've ever edited a table on Wikipedia, it's kind of like that, but even less (laughs) understandable. Um, but IE writer has has a nice feature where you can ask it to insert a table, and it'll give you a dialog box where you tell how many rows and columns to generate, and it will put in a template for you, and then you just fill in the in, fill in the spaces in between. So that was quite impressive, and it renders it beautifully when you when you create a a final PDF or something, you get a really nice uh, uh, table view there. Even though if the the actual markup doesn't look that nice, the the table itself does look really great. So uh, that was an interesting little feature in the the markdown support as well. There's also a, a customizable keyboard for entering markdown information. So on, on the phone, it kind of it takes over the space of the keyboard on on I, on the iPad. If you're using a, an, an attached keyboard, it will pop up as a kind of um, overlay window in, in the corner from the from the keyboard toolbar. And this is quite cool because you can customize it. You know, absolutely. Ulysses have got, you know, key, keyboards or pop up menus for entering certain markdown constructs. But with uh, IA Writer, you can you can customize it and you can have it do things like enter the current date and time and things as well. So you can change what the keys do in some ways as well. So if you don't use all the Markdown structures, you can replace those keys with other keys that do the kind of things that you're more commonly using. So it, it can become a, my sense with iWriter with Writers, it can become a very kind of honed writing environment and it will do just exactly what you wanted to do in terms of Markdown, which uh, is really, really nice and, and uh, very customizable all in. I think to summarise, Federico, I would say that iWriter is is a nicely evolved writing environment. It's clearly it's an app that has kept up with the times. It's very modern on the platform. It, it fits in very well with iOS eleven, and. While it lacks some of the organizational control of sheets that Ulysses has um, and and it doesn't allow for metadata like goals and, and images and notes to be attached to documents. It does have interesting features in markdown support. It supports a weird kind of syntax highlighting where it will try and highlight different parts of speech in different colors. Now I don't know if you know, but I, I, I'm not sure it supports multiple languages beyond English, but it will do things like it will color the nouns red and the and the verbs blue and things like that, which I thought was quite a clever feature. Particularly if you're if you're writing, you know, prose as such as well. And finally that set of tools, that set of fast tools for keeping your hands on the keyboard is really cool as well.
1: It's very nice uh, it's a very nice app I keep every few months I, I give it a try and I, I've been playing with the new version um, I think honestly one of the one of the problems that uh, why I, a writer is not often mentioned um, in our community like in in the in the shows that we listen to and in the blogs that we read is for um, Something that happened a few years ago, that the developers of the app, um, they they got a they filed a patent for the grammar syntax highlight, and they okay. yeah and mm-hmm. they asked they asked some other developers to. I, I don't know, it kind of got ugly. There, there were a bunch of blog posts and Twitter replies going on. And I think they they, they lost some of that kind of goodwill in the in the indie developer community. Um, which is a shame because they, it's a really nice, it's a really nice app. It's really nice X editor. It looks elegant and it, and it strikes, it strikes a nice balance between, uh, being the kind of opinionated app, but also very customizable and very powerful. So, um, I hope that maybe we can move on from that I, I don't even know how that story ended honestly I have no idea
0: so I had I'd completely forgotten about that entirely I mean there was a weird time wasn't there with, with iOS apps sort yeah of, I, I don't know between like uh, I want to say sort of 2010 yeah. to 2014 yeah. maybe where people were trying to, there was all kinds of legal muscling going on yeah. and there was patents and, and you know stuff about yeah. in-app purchases and everybody who, yep. remember that one, I remi- everybody who had an in-app purchase was getting sued yeah and, uh. yeah no, there wasn't yeah. a, a I'm not minimizing that. That was a horrible time for a lot of developers. Yeah, you know, a lot of people we know went through a lot of stress over those things you know but that seems to have settled down a little bit now maybe there's just not as much money as people thought there might have been in in ios software Uh, i'm not sure
1: i don't know i know i have a few friends who went through the entire process and it was really really ugly for them and uh, i don't wish that kind of situation on anyone uh so Mm. i think you know it was just a just a weird time to announce that they had a patent on that that feature while other developers were fighting against these patent trolls uh it was Ju- hmm. it was just bad timing and it was a strange idea anyway i hope that yeah. you know uh, the the app itself uh, the software itself it carries no blame so um I, you know, it's it's a very nice app. It's a very yep. nice X editor, so you should check it out. Uh, I want to my my other pick. I want to talk about. It's called One Writer, and uh, I, I, I think I've written about One Writer a couple of years ago on MacStories. Back when I when I realized you know editorial is not getting any more updates, I should look for something else. This is before Ulysses, um, and One Writer is sort of a mini editorial. Uh, once again, it's not exactly meant for long-form writing, uh, but it, it it does a little better than editorial in some aspects because it allows you to, uh, you know, it integrates with iOS 11, for example. It supports drag and drop and it supports uh, the files app if you want to open files directly from the, you know, from iCloud Drive or other sources. Um, it's got some automation baked in, but... It doesn't have the visual automation of editorial. It doesn't have the depth of editorial. Um, so one writer, um, the basic stuff, works with iCloud, works with Dropbox, or it works locally if you don't want to sync your documents. Um, it's kind of like a mix of byword and editorial. It looks really nice. It's got a bunch of themes to choose from. Um, it's got uh, markdown, the visual markdown preview as you write. So if you if you make text bold, you're going to see bold text. Uh, it's got a very nice markdown, like the rich text preview inside of the app, and you can export stuff in plain text and as PDF documents. Uh, there's a built-in browser, but it's not as powerful as the editorial one. Um, there's also a sidebar where you can organize your documents by folder or by tag. So it's kind of like a hashtag, like you can do in Bear, you can do in Writer. Um, the I guess the the core feature here is the the fact that you can write custom actions in JavaScript. So um, there are no no visual actions, no. Pre-built uh, commands to choose from. You need to write your own. There's a there's a custom. So you can do you can do any standard JavaScript, or you can use the custom module. I don't know how, what it's called in JavaScript, but there's a set of uh, commands that are specific to RunWriter. So you can do things like uh, get the text of the current document, get the current selection, get the current line, and stuff like that. Um, You can write your own actions or you can install them from an action directory, which is kind of similar to the action directory that you have for drafts. For example, you go on a website and you download the actions and you're done. Um, You can also create uh, URL scheme actions. And... um, and insert custom parameters into the into the scheme that you're going to launch. So, for example, if you want to have a, a URL action in Writer that sends the text of the document to a specific workflow in the workflow app, you can build that action. But when it comes to writing itself, um, I remember I, I I managed to replicate some of my editorial workflows. As one writer actions in JavaScript. So things like um, doing um, jumping to a specific section, I rebuilt that with JavaScript or um, inserting a link. From the clipboard, also in JavaScript and um, also creating footnotes. So you can do you can do some of the advanced stuff that you can do in a tutorial, but the downside is you need to write these actions manually unless they exist and someone else made them. But if you want to make something that doesn't exist that you cannot find on the web, there's no visual way to do that. It's all custom JavaScript code. So, again, very, very specific, very small niche of the person who knows JavaScript and also happen to to require a markdown text editor, but maybe you are a writer who wants to learn JavaScript, as I did. There's just a tiny bit of JavaScript. It's not too difficult, but... um. Yeah, it's don't, just don't expect the kind of power and flexibility of editorial because it's it's a uh, it's a little it's a little less flexible than that.
0: Yeah, I I used to use one writer to write all the show notes for for Canvas back in the early days when we started the show. Uh, we had had a kind of Dropbox-based workflow and I would use Workflow to uh, put a template for the show notes and put a template for the markers. This was before uh, our audio editor, Ferrite supported uh, native markers in the app. So I used to write a file of markers in text and then I would upload it to a web service and all that stuff. And I used OneWriter mainly because uh, it it did a really good job of editing files that were stored on Dropbox and, and it was quite a modern application at the time. Uh, without too much complexity. So, I mean, if, if for me that my attraction to One Writer was just I've got text files in Dropbox. I want to edit them. I don't want a big fuss. I don't want uh, you know complicated syncing. I don't want another database. I don't want an export step. I just want edit and save back to Dropbox. And uh, One Writer was a, was a really nice option at the time. Uh, do things a little bit differently now, but that was uh, that was the early days of Canvas. One Writer was yeah. a big part of it. Yeah, I remember back in the day. So, Federico, let me tell you about our second sponsor for the show. All right. Uh, this episode of Canvas is brought to you by SaneBox. Now, everyone listening to this show has things you don't like, it be email or app features. I mean, we could do a whole series, Federico, I think, just on email features. Did we do that? We probably will if we haven't. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 but we we can actually forget all of this and just use Apple Mail because Sanebox is here to help bridge all those gaps and solve all those problems. Because as much as you might want to, you just can't delete all your email. There's important stuff in there that you need to deal with, but the problem is it looks the same as all the junk. At a glance, it can be difficult to decipher which messages need your attention, but wouldn't it be nice if your email could be pre-sorted before it hits your inbox, and only the email that lands in your inbox is the stuff you actually need to see. And that is what SceneBox is all about. Seenbox sorts through your email and moves all the trivial stuff to different folders, so the only messages in your inbox are the ones you need. And the great thing is that it works on top of your current setup with any app that you use. All the SaneBox magic happens before you ever see your email. And SaneBox also has this great feature called the black hole. And what you do there is you move an unwanted email into this folder and you never hear from that sender ever again, thanks to SaneBox. This is perfect for mailing lists that you can't escape from, but you can also set up email reminders and you can snooze your email too. Now Federico, you're a resident SaneBox guru. Is is it keeping your life simple?
1: Yeah, um yeah. I, I I just love seeing box Um and especially in times like this when it's like uh, it's black Friday this week and I've been getting I've been getting tons of emails about um Check out our latest offer uh, for, for, for our app or for our uh, iPhone case or iPhone battery pack. And I don't need to see all that stuff in my, in my primary inbox. I don't need to see all those um, pitches from, from PR people. I don't need to see all these newsletters that somehow I was signed up for without my consent. Uh, we all have that problem, I think. And Sanebox, um, honestly, it's right there in the name. It keeps me sane. Uh, because I don't need to see all this stuff. I only want to see in my main inbox. I want to see people I already know. I want to see emails from important people in my life and in my job. Um, and same takes care of that for me. It puts all the newsletter type emails into a same news folder, and it ke- and it puts everything else into a same later folder because it's stuff I can take care of later. Um, uh, you can also create uh, one one more one tip that I want to share is uh, I know that this came in handy for my friend John Um, I have a lot of test flight betas for iOS apps I created a custom rule on the same box uh, dashboard on the web that all of my test flight emails—you know, when a developer uploads a new beta, you get an email. Uh, all those emails they go into a same beta <laughs> folder. Uh, so if I want to, if I want to have like a stream of updates of be- beta updates for all my test flight um, apps, I go into the same beta folder, and it's basically Twitter but for betas, where I go through all <laughs> these updates and all these messages. It's right in your email program. Yeah, Yeah. uh, writing my email program. It's very convenient, actually, so I can keep track of, uh, you know, stuff that I want to write on my stories, and inbox is a huge part of that. So, yeah, uh, I just just love this company.
0: Well, so to help everybody get a little more organization in their inbox, we've worked with SaneBox to get you a great deal. Just go to sanebox.com canvas today and you'll get a two-week free trial, an extra $20 credit just because you listen to this show. You don't have to enter your credit card information unless you decide to buy, so there's nothing to lose. Check it out today and get your email finally under control. Again, that's sanebox, S-A-N-E-B-O-X dot slash canvas. We thank Sanebox for their support of this show and all of Really FM. Federico, do you remember a feature back in olden days where Apple put RSS right into their mail app? Oh man, it's a complete th- tangent, by the way. But I just th- th- triggered in my mind. That here.
1: was a, what was that? Three, four years ago. <laughs> Tiger. They,
0: they, oh, way more than they
1: that. Re- no, they, they put the feature many, many years ago. I don't remember when they hmm. put the feature in, but they removed it. I think three years ago, four years ago, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Did you you use RSS in your email, (laughs) by the way? No. Okay. No.
0: And I never used it when it went into Safari either.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. That was removed (laughs) this year. Safari. um, Yeah. No, I think this year they removed the the, the social stuff from Safari. Like you could subscribe Mm -hmm. to... Uh, like you could see links, could see links tweets from tweets with links, tweet yeah. with links. Yeah. Uh, but because Twitter integration is gone in iOS 11, so it's the shared mm. shared links, that's the name. Um, yeah,
0: they, they've been removing all mm. this stuff. Uh, I don't know why. Yeah, that stuff never caught on. Yeah. Cool. So let's wrap up the show, Federico. I want to just talk about one more category of application, which I think, to be honest, it would be bizarre not to finish this series by talking about the long-form app that most of the world uses which is of course Microsoft Word. Of course. And on iOS we've got a a really nice version of Word to be honest with you and we also have Pages as well and both of those apps are much more sort of heavyweight traditional word processors and authors have of course used these kinds of applications for years to author uh, you know whole books of course and, and more. And A Pages document or a Word document is is a much more self-contained object than a sheet in Ulysses, for example. And they don't split or combine very easily on iOS. in, In other applications or on other platforms, they're easier to, you know, cut a Word document in half or something. It's not very straightforward in iOS. But... Of course, these apps allow for more than just being a style text editor. And and there are a few kind of long form features that these apps have that basically nobody else has. Uh, And the one that comes to mind most readily is, of course, track changes where you can turn this mode on and you can... Uh, it will record what you type and what was there before. So if you type a word, type over a word with a new word, it will remember the old word and the new word, and you can see them visually side by side uh, to compare how the document has changed over time. Uh, and you can write and trip this to somebody else and they can send it back to you. And then this is this is apparently how business gets done for people who don't know about something like Google Docs. But track changes seems to be something that people are very used to and rely on. And of course uh, that kind of goes hand in hand with a comment feature as well, where you can attach a little note to a specific part of the document. So this is a, a level kind of above what, what you can do in Ulysses where you can attach a note to an entire sheet, but in, both word and in pages you can attach a a note or a comment to uh, a specific heading or an image or a chart or anything any items in the document you can attach a comment to and they can have actually threaded comments in them there as well so you can actually start have a debate inside the comments uh, literally inside your work as well so uh, that's one helpful feature and the other one is that with comments if you have them all through your document there are actually tools to navigate from comment to comment. So that's one way to kind of move through your long form document is to just jump between the comments and see what, uh, maybe if you've sent the document to somebody and they've sent it back to you, you can just dive through and see what they've said about all the different comments that are in in the document. How does this relate to iPad in particular? Well, one of the features that is surprisingly absent from Apple's applications is actually support for Apple Pencil. I mean, if you remember, Federico, at the launch of the the iPad Pro, Microsoft was on stage demonstrating Apple Pencil and ink support right inside all the Office apps on iOS. Uh, And that still is not a feature in any of the iWork applications, apart from when you're actually doing a presentation in Keynote, you can draw on the screen at that point, but it's not saved, it's not a native part of the document, the same way that it is with all of the Microsoft applications. I'm not sure why that's not there in my in work, but it seems to be something that's uh, been persistently missing for a couple of years now.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I know that... Um a few of the uh, the MacStories guys they, they like the idea of going through my drafts, for example, for my long longer stories, and to use the pencil mm-hmm. to annotate them uh, as they read, to l- sort of like a teacher would grade the paper with a with a red mm-hmm. <laughs> pen. Um, they kind of they kind of <laughs> like to do that for me, uh, and and it's surprise. I mean, I don't use Pages, but I totally get it. Like it, it would be it would be great to have the the pencil integration right there. Uh, so yeah, it's a strange omission.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose for more, perhaps more native iOS users, shall we say, uh, converting something to PDF and then marking that up with a pencil is perhaps the more uh, the usual way to do it. And, and I suppose if um, if I was working in Pages and I wanted to do that, I mean, exporting from Pages into PDF is a is a very reliable and high quality process now in iOS. The other thing that both of these applications have is, is the ability to sort of navigate by uh, document pages, because unlike all of these text editors we've been talking about, both Word and Pages are still based around the idea of a physical piece of paper. Uh, and they're visually designed like that. So you can zoom out in Word uh, and you can see uh, like a virtual piece of paper going past, you know, and uh, that, that's a very different model of working than, than any of the other applications we've talked about. But Word has the ability to zoom out and scroll by pages and pages now has a, in one of the recent versions has now got a thumbnail view, a thumbnail strip that you can bring down on the side uh, and that you can jump to any page and you can see what you're doing as you go through that as well. Now, of course, None of these apps make any pretense at even trying to support Markdown. So yeah. if, you're, if you're really interested in Markdown, forget it. You know, uh, this is this is not the place to go. But if you if you're not into Markdown or if you want tables that are understandable, uh, you might want to think about looking at one of these applications. Uh, so uh, there's a lot more rich content you can put. I mean, I mean, Ulysses is sort of starting to get there with those sort of inline image previews that it can put in the things, but Word and, and pages are miles ahead in, the, in this respect. And of course, you've got things like charts and, and documents set up and clip art built into it and all that kind of stuff. Um, various kinds of text wrapping around these objects, tables, images, charts, all of that kind of stuff is in there. Um, and it's... Uh, they're way more powerful in that respect. If you really want to style your document in some way or, or integrate media, these are very good options.
1: Yeah, especially if you later need to export, you know, these these um, documents to something like Keep Up, for example. Uh, it's it's so convenient to to be able to add like text wrapping around an image, for example. So you're not you're not forced to use Markdown, which is you know, Markdown. When it comes to rich media inside the document, it's it's really not. Great for that. So I guess if you also want to have, if you want to have, you know, if you have any stylistic uh, requirements of having, you know, images and tables and, you know, a richer type of document that is not just text and a bunch of links, uh, this is obviously better for you
0: yeah so these export options they're a little weak compared to some of the other apps we've talked about but um, word can at least now generate a pdf version of the the word and in many ways that's possibly the most useful reason to download Microsoft Word from the App Store is because if you get sent a Word document, you can immediately turn it into a PDF and it's a good quality PDF as well. And that was something that for quite a long time on iOS, it was difficult at work because we would get sent Word documents by, you know, the exam board or whoever. And I'd be like, well, what am I going to do here if I don't have Word? So I would try and convert it to a PDF using Pages or something and it was never very good. But now with Word, you can open it in Word, you can spit out a PDF straight away. Pages, as you mentioned, can also go to EPUB and to style text to RTF as well but there's not the kind of idea of export styling the same way there is with uh, Ulysses or or Scrivener for that matter it's just what you see is what you get and then you can it does its best to turn it into these other formats one last thing Federico collaboration options I referred to Google Docs earlier on Pages and Word now both have these kind of features as well I haven't used the one in Word, so I can't really uh, comment on that, but the the Pages one seems to work pretty well. Um, I've done it more in Keynote than I have in Pages, but either way, my only complaint about the way that iWork implements collaboration is that it's on a a file-by-file basis. You know, there's no way you can share a folder in iCloud and everybody can collaborate on all the files inside that folder. It's, I've made a presentation, would you like to collaborate? Okay, I've made another presentation, would you like to collaborate? And this becomes kind of slightly tedious. I think this is this is an iCloud level problem rather than a pages or word problem, but it's, it's something that I think Apple maybe needs to think about going forward is to, is to produce folder-based workflows rather than just individual file-based workflows for collaborating through iCloud
1: so what would you say what's what's the takeaway fraser from this series uh what have we learned i i i yeah. want say i wanna say um i want to check out uh, i writer again because um mm-hmm. you know i i think it's it's always good to keep an eye on to keep an eye on alternatives to to play around with with you know mm-hmm. multiple options and also um I keep going back to the idea that i uh, I kind of I kind of miss what I did with iOS 10 in Scrivener for that type of mm-hmm. project with a lot of research. And I know that Scrivener doesn't have all of the automation features that I would like it to have, but it was a very nice environment. And uh, I I just wish they that the iOS version would be just as powerful as the Mac ver- version, which was a updated just a few days ago by the way scrivener 3 on the mac um so i would say yeah, you mentioned
0: that was coming up yeah, yeah
1: yeah so I, w- I would say uh i need to play with i writer again and next year i will uh, probably experiment with scrivener again because it was you know mm. i re- i remember the experience fondly it was very very nice so
0: we'll see yeah i mean my my sense with this whole series federico is that i as a platform iOS is blessed with you know a, an embarrassment of riches in, in the area of if you want to write on your iPad, you know, it's in some ways it, it may be one of the best computers for doing that because it's got whether you want, you know, a very powerful, highly automatable, more like BB Edit kind of thing. You've got that with, with an app like uh, Editorial and if you want something that is really going to help you uh, edit and organize text and, and do a really good markdown job, then you've got Ulysses there. We've got two really good, uh, fully styled word processors, if you like, in in for the form of Pages and Word. We do technically have Google Docs on the platform, but uh, it almost seems like every day that's getting worse rather than better, which is uh, puts it in a category of one in this conversation. Uh, so I, I, that's my feeling. I'm very happy with Ulysses at the moment. I, I think it's, it's serving me well, but I'm I'm trying to up my game in terms of the organization of the library and things like that and there's uh, there's definitely more for me to learn in that area too so, Federico, I think we'll just wrap up there. Uh, we, we've covered three shows worth. We've looked at Ulysses in some depth. We've looked at Scrivener in some depth. These are our honorable mentions. In no way, I would say, have we actually covered every possible app oh, that you could do no this kind of job with uh, <laughs> on iOS. And there's, uh, I'm sure we've maybe left out some people's favorite app, and we're, we're really sorry. Um, text Federico about that. But I think whatever you're looking for there's something there for you in ios uh, and i think it's uh it's always been quite a strong area for ios and it's becoming uh, ever stronger and ever more powerful and you're starting to see some of these applications really almost get into parity with their mac-based equivalents. so uh, it's nice to see the platform evolving in that way federico we'll leave it there for this week for this series yeah it's uh, it's been
1: fun taking a look at all these apps and uh my my wish for 2018 is that we'll uh, we'll keep seeing um, more of these apps turning um, more Mac-like in the sense that they will they, they they will leave behind the limitations and the preconception of iOS just being like a companion to the Mac. I want I want to see Ulysses become just as powerful as the Mac. I want to see Scrubber become more like the Mac version. So uh, you know as more and more people switch to the iPad Pro, I think I think we'll see developers respond the same way and making these apps you know this whether it's uh, you know we talked about long form text editors but it could, be, it could be graphic editors it could be uh, audio editors it could be anything when it comes to doing creative work um, I mean <laughs> we do a podcast about working on the iPad so uh, hopefully you know as uh, the, the, the bar will, will keep rising and, and we'll, we'll keep seeing these iPad apps becoming just as powerful if not more
0: powerful than, than on the Mac Yep, give us more to talk about in twenty eighteen. Yeah. <laughs> Th- this has been Canvas Episode forty nine. You can find the show notes for this episode and all our episodes at relay.fm slash canvas. You can connect with his show on Twitter, the show is underscore canvas FM. I'm Fraser Spears and Federico is Vitici. We'll talk to you all next show.